0: Hi, this is Andrew, and this is Keen the daily now.tv chat show with some of the world's leading thinkers and writers. Hello, everybody. It is Wednesday, uh, June the 7th, 2023, last month in the New York Times, It was an interesting short list of of three outstanding short story collections that make place a protagonist. I was particularly taken by the piece because one of the books featured was one from a guest we'd had on the show actually in April, uh, Kenan Orhan, I am a country. A fascinating conversation we had with Kenan not just about Istanbul, uh, but about Kansas City, all derived from uh, his new collection, excellent collection of, of stories, I Am My Country. It's a first collection. Um, also included in the New York Times is uh, a piece by one of uh, the most legendary writers around, certainly not her first collection, Ana Castillo, uh, has a new book out, Donna Cleanwell or donya Cleanwell. uh leave I was going to say cleans home, but it's leaves home. Uh, and uh, Anna is joining us from uh, San Francisco, downtown San Francisco. She lives in Southern New Mexico, but she's in town uh, for a reading tonight. Uh, and uh, congratulations on on the new collection. What did I, I'm not sure if you saw the piece in the times on making place a protagonist in your work uh, what's your take on that was that was one of the goals in the collection
1: well i'm a i'm a writer that is very much affected by place um i've been asked uh, over the years uh, what, what what role or how much uh, am i affected by it and, and and uh so place is really a big deal but um in this particular collection, I centered it between Mexico uh, and Chicago, which is my native hometown, to kind of narrow that down. Uh, I think it was uh, an, uh, an interesting comment, observation. I thought about it myself as far as uh, making it a protagonist. And, and there wasn't much else said about it, so I really don't know what they what they were thinking or why they made that that comment um, as far as making it a protagonist of uh, of the stories but culturally speaking my characters are are of Mexican origin and so maybe that gave it a deeper insight when I placed uh, some of some of the stories in Mexico
0: yeah and I think one of the other things um... Tying together your work with Canon, was. Uh, your stories are about movement, about people going from place to place. Uh, stories, of course, about one kind of immigration or another. Is that fair? Is that one of the things you were trying to do in this new collection, is write about movement, about going from one place to another, seeking a better life, being forced to go elsewhere?
1: Well, here's what's interesting, I think, uh, about these seven stories in this book. Um, we have these uh, general ideas and notions, particularly now when we talk about um, uh, the influx of immigration and, you know, it's a very hot topic. Um, My characters in Doña Cleanwell um, aren't moving per se in the stories uh, to the United States for a better life. Ironically, perhaps, or Funnily, funnily, um, they are fine in the United States and they go to Mexico uh, for whatever reason they're going. Um, and while we think of the United States as being so progressive and this is the place where women become liberated and dependent, uh, the Doña cleanwell story is quite the opposite. It's a woman in a very traditional, uh, stable home in in Chicago and decides to go to Mexico to to be independent, and that's where we see uh, movement. But it's not the movement that we um, we would generally think of. And I I don't know that I did that on purpose or intentionally. These are just stories. I feel very comfortable with Chicago and with Mexico, Mexico City, the area, I'm familiar with them. Um, so I it was it wasn't something that was planned out, but it it turns out that way. So I think that. Uh, and that way it really breaks from the general view and stereotype of immigration uh, and coming to the United States for a better life.
0: Yeah, it's turning the traditional narrative on its head. Um, Ana, uh, uh, we did a
1: show also with uh,
0: Leopoldo Gouda, Mexican living in uh, New York City. I'm not sure if you're familiar with his work. Uh, he has a new book out, Piñata. Uh, Piñata. And he talked about the living dead who layer Mexico City. In terms of your uh, efforts or thinking about making place a protagonist, is that also a way of making history central, a layered history to the complexity of the worlds that you're writing about, whether it's Mexico or Chicago or wherever else? I
1: think we can talk about uh, place as one... Aspects of culture sure. we we identify uh, with popular culture or contemporary times but we're, we're not uh, we're not entities that have been dropped from the sky we we bring with us our family histories our, our own personal histories as we get older and we move around and we have more experience we bring in and, and these stories, we also, uh, it opens up with uh, a, a grown son, an adult son, uh, telling a, a story uh, that his father recounted over and over when he was a child. And so we also bring our our, our family stories, our family histories and legends. And so um, place is one of those. Uh, if we aren't familiar with um, the country of origin of our of our ancestors or of our immediate parents and heritage that place can also become mythical um, we we think of it in certain terms or the way they're described to us then there's the other thing that um, places change i'm here in san francisco i lived here in another time another place uh, another life another me and it's not the same San Francisco, even though it's San Francisco. So, um, so I think that um, in that way there are layers, uh, layers that come uh, that we inherit um, historically um, with our our perceptions of of places we connect to and live in.
0: I mean, I'm pleased you brought up San Francisco. You're talking to me from the Palace Hotel in the old downtown of San Francisco. We chatted briefly before we went live. You said you had a and I think I'm quoting you here: a, a, a bittersweet nostalgia for the old San Francisco. Uh, people in San Francisco always referring to the old San Francisco. You, you spent some time here. I think you may have even lived here when you were younger. How has San Francisco changed?
1: I, you know, I'm I'm old enough now to uh, recall when the predictions were being made uh, uh, that there would be a, a ever widening gap uh, with the social classes. Um, and I've come back many times um, over the years and began to see that the disparity of the classes is one of the reasons why I left it was unaffordable for me um uh, and there's there's a, a some you know there's an essence of of San francisco but a, but um it, you know when I was young and when I first came here straight out of college and it was right after the heyday of uh, hate to Ashbury and, and, you know, all those wonderful memories and Santana playing in the Lotus park and so on. Um, so now it's, it's, this it's, it's really almost uh, uh, emblematic of, of the times that we're living in, in this country, we can see the disparity. We see the social problems that this country has. Um, and we see the, 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 the progressiveness still too the, the desire to address uh, um, climate change and um, you know a lot of the things that we need to address and so um, I I just think as I said that a place also reflects the times uh, regardless of when that is and it's not the same place 10, 20, 30 years before or after
0: You're clearly uh political in your own way. You had a, an interesting blog uh, from December of last year about the election. You're slightly more positive about the future of American democracy there. Do you see your work? I mean, you're known, of course, as a as a poet and as a fiction writer, but do you see yourself as a political writer? And if you you are, what is your take on the the current politics of America from your perch in southern New Mexico?
1: My, per- my, my perch in the desert. Um, well, because of um, because we live in a stratified society and world, um, I don't have to say that I'm a political writer with when the whole act of writing has been a political act. I have. I come from uh, 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 an ethnicity, uh, a skin color, a culture, a um, um, uh, gender, uh, sexual uh, um, po- politics that have been addressed uh, straightforwardly, um, that have made made it. Uh, uh, a purpose in terms of my writing. For me just to write, quote unquote, just to write about a woman like myself uh, or a woman like my mother or, or my uh, friends would be a political act. We had to make a space in the United States for people of of my background, whether it was social background, gender, ethnicity, bilingualism, all of this uh, was not part of our um, our our publication legacy in this country and in the schools. And what I grew up reading was not Chicana literature or Latina literature, because not that there weren't any writers, there they weren't being published and. Publishing is a business, and so you have to also prove yourself to be a consumer, a worthwhile consumer. All of this makes it political, and anyone who says they're not a political writer uh, doesn't understand that. In and of itself, makes thinking that way makes makes a political statement, and so um, so that has always been uh, part and parcel with my writing, uh, definitely with the poetry, uh, uh, but once i realized as a young poet that not everybody read poetry i really started devoting myself to prose and fiction uh to share these stories and and in this new book Donya Cleanwell leaves home these are stories that i believe uh people from all backgrounds all walks of life in all countries today uh, could can't connect with because they're stories about as I said about uh, families and and uh, mothers who leave home and and uh, you know, mysteries and families and things we don't talk about, skeletons in the closet, but because I'm writing it because my last name is Castillo, because Oh, she's known as a chicana and we know about them and the radical women and and you know then there's a why is she talking about uh, uh uh lgbtq and i would feel more comfortable if they didn't because of all of that it becomes marginalized and, and as such is a political act
0: uh you you know uh or, or kirkus uh r- discusses you as someone um who has quote unquote, truth seeking characters. Is that what you aim for as a writer? Characters who are in the business of seeking truth as a writer, of course, you're also seeking your own truth.
1: Truth seeking, I think in this review was, um, was um, going back to the, you know, the stories that we hear in our families, you know, there's always the stories told around the kitchen table or or whispers or, you know, uh, from one generation to the next. Or what, if you move to another country, you lose track and you only have hearsay. And so I think it, it was truth seeking was um, that there were characters and um, in, in these stories that wanted to find out the why, why did my mother leave home? Why did my father uh, always tell this story while I was growing up uh, about his uh, trip to Mexico and before I was born, and how do I find out? And you know, these are for memoirists in particular, these are that's part of the investigation, the research. But truth seeking, whether it's for a character, uh, for um, for fiction, or whether it's truth-seeking for a memoirist, or whether it's truth-seeking for any anybody, uh, perhaps past the age of four years old, is really um, our, uh, comes part and parcel with our living experience. We're trying to understand what it means to be alive. We try to understand this body that we uh, inhabits, that our souls and spirits and minds inhabit, and we're trying to figure out um, or get a handle on it to to experience it better, fully uh, overcome challenges. So I think truth seeking is always in my poetry and in my fiction and nonfiction.
0: I wonder though, my experience um, on a, uh, families is often. For better or worse, when they sit around the kitchen table or when they create their own mythology, they're covering the truth. Is there some truth to that, that families are in the business of mythologizing, of fictionalizing uh, the real truths about the characters and the dynamics and the power and the events associated with
1: them? I think everybody would agree. Um, And in the case of these stories thing that i don't do is ever deliver to the reader a, a set a set of facts or a, a comfortable ending to, mm. a, a, a nice little bow to tie it up with that's exactly true. We may never know. Um, uh, a memoirist may may set out and travel halfway around the world to find out why his or her or their grandparents came to this country, or or what happened over there. Or, stories true and they may never know they will find out other things um in native american storytelling indigenous storytelling um it's not that it's not the ending the the nice uh moral of the story it's the journey of the telling of the story and so it may be uncomfortable for um for a reader who has been taught to read that way, um, and and to be able to walk away, happy or not happy with the ending, but with an ending that the that the writer has delivered and said this was the intention, and now we can all go to sleep and and you know start a new tomorrow. In the case of these stories, every single one of these stories, many of these uh, mysteries and, uh, and and families are not are not put out there, or there may be. Um, different versions of it actually mm. at the same time um, I have a tendency to to layer um, as you mentioned with the the, the the book you were discussing earlier about um, about Mexico City uh, and bring in uh, the new stories the new the new one day will be myths so we have, uh, our parents, or our grandparents, or our ancestors, and those stories. But we are also creating myths about ourselves, uh, going along with things or not going along with things. And uh, at some point, somebody's going to question our motives, uh, or where we went or didn't go, and didn't disclose, and make things up.
0: You're the author of many books, many prize-winning books, many beloved books. Um, I'm not sure if you're comfortable with this. The the Kirkus people uh, describe you as the grand dime, dime of uh, Chicana literature. Are you comfortable with those kind of terms or do you laugh when you see them? Um,
1: it made me smile. Uh, on the one hand, um, it, it's nice to be recognized for nearly 50 years of ri- writing, of, of having made the, since I made the decision uh, to become a writer and a poet. Uh, so um, I could sit quen- comfortably would be called a grand dame. Uh, but again, when we say Chicana literature, and I, and I totally embrace it and, and own it. Um, uh, but again, uh, going back to um, uh, being political, uh, the moment um, uh, in this country when you use a, a, a term uh, to refer to an American writer Uh, by uh, a name that is um, a a label that marginalizes us whether it has to do with our sexuality our gender or our our, uh, ethnic background um, there's already some controversy and so someone's and you also have to ask yourself well why does it have to be qualified? Isn't, even if this is true, even if my specialty is what I know best, which is uh, Latina uh, culture and sensibilities, uh, isn't that part of the American fabric?
0: Yeah, maybe we should just rephrase that as the, the grand arm of literature. And, 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 of course, you bring up this term, uh, Chicano, Chicano. Is it a term that you think still is relevant? Uh, um, uh Anna, it should we be using this term? I don't even really know what it means. I mean, what do you
1: think? <laughs> yes. I got that question very, very recently, and it kind of threw me off because um uh it, it has been around for quite a quite a bit of time since the 60s. It it, it was appropriated in the 60s by politically um, act- activist politically active uh, people of mostly Mexican background. It wasn't necessarily, but it would be, Uh, you know, the Southwest also was once part of Mexico uh, in 1868 was uh, the end of the, uh, the U S invasion ended with um, Mexico signing off more than half of its territory. So there are people that have always been here as far as, you know, their indigenous background goes. And since the conquest. So all of that had to do with this, this uh, appropriation of this term Chicano or Chicana, that at one time before that was sort of derogatory um, for Mexican Americans. Um, So not everybody embraced it of Mexican background even then. Uh, But it became popular and it really became uh, surprisingly popular amongst um, artists and Chicanos and uh, artists and writers, I should say. It was okay in mainstream publishing, the term Chicana became uh, Part and parcel with being um, being me as a writer, um, I don't go around saying, "Hey, hello, I'm a Chicano writer." If somebody asks, I'll say, "Yes, I'm a poet and a writer. Uh, but uh, because this is this is the the thrust of my subject, and these are who my characters are. Uh, then I would be um, classified as that. Uh, Back to your question as to whether it's um, uh, relevant today. There are a lot of people, not just of my generation, younger generations that feel comfortable with it, particularly in California and in the Southwest, but it's a free for all as far as um, this large, ever-growing body of people uh, from the south of the border uh, for many reasons, generationally, class-wise, Color-wise, uh, color does matter. Uh, your um, advantages uh, and disadvantages—all of that matters—and not everybody, um, not everybody, feels comfortable with the same terms. So we have a wide range of terms that uh, that um, people are using, and I think the safe thing to do is just to ask someone how they feel they'd like to be referred to, if if anything.
0: Some of your stories are set um, in Mexico itself. Cuernavaca, for example, the one that uh, is running, currently running on Lit Hub. We've done a number of shows on the politics in Mexico, one with the journalist Catherine Corcoran. I'm not sure if you're familiar with her book, In the Mouth of the Wolf, A Murderer Cover-Up and The True Cost of Silencing the Press, it's a book about the silencing of a Mexican journalist. Um, what, what's your take on um, the state of democracy uh, in 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 Mexico are the challenges rather like those in the United States you've written about the problems with democracy in America do you see America and and, and Mexico sh- increasingly sharing the same problems and opportunities
1: i think we have uh, we don't have enough time to begin to uh, address uh, the nuances um i don't live in Mexico and and i don't think it would be particularly fair for me to make uh, observations outside of um, of the country. Um, there are um, gr- a great many uh, shifts uh, that have been increasing over the, uh, the last decades. I think this um, this last book that you just referred to about the about the journalists, um, uh, we, we have our own uh, methods of censorship in this country. Uh, they may be more aggressive, more blatant uh, south of the border. Um, we, we may not be that far away from it. Uh, if you're going to ask me next, what, what do I think about democracy in the United States? Um, I I try to weigh my words very carefully. I don't like to throw terms and accusations and... And... Um, and uh, really serious uh, uh, accusations of of uh freedom um, whether it's in this country or anywhere else I will say that um, while um, hope dies last last I am um, here today and speaking and and writing again, and writing poetry, uh, because I do feel that we have to fight for the things that we believe in, and the greater, uh, the more we see things in common with with uh, with our shared humanity and other places, the 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 greater the strides. Division the seems to be uh, the, the the rule of thumb, uh, and that's why we we talk about uh, things like um, is. You know, look how Mexico treats its people and a- as if um, everyone felt the same amount of of uh, social justice in the United States. Uh, they're different countries, different histories, different e- um, economic uh, uh, p- uh, platforms. And so we have to think about things really uh, closely um, and 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 not make, uh, as I said, general um general uh comments general remarks
0: finally uh anna you've written many books many prize winning books this new book is being acclaimed uh, donya D- uh, donia cleanwell leaves home what motivates you as a writer um what what haven't you written about what do you still want to write about
1: i'm at the point of my my life um and um you know, we're moving into the 21st century. Cited writing, um, you know, in the the 70s, and here we are, uh, well into the 21st century. Uh, and so, for me, at this point, my new novel that I'm working on, which is called Isabel 2121, uh, now is, uh, is situated in looking uh, toward the future, which is not that far off of uh, the next century. Where will we be? Who will we even be? Um, so um, so that's, that's what's motivating me right now. We have had many brushes uh, in terms of our environments with uh, nearly world catastrophes. Certainly countries have and this country experiences more catastrophes um, that, than we have ever had. So if we're not getting the warning signs, I don't know what what to say about that. So, so for me, um, as I was just saying, uh, I think it's very important for us to to try to find the things we have in common to hopefully um, uh, find some solutions to many of the issues that we we are sharing and and the biggest one for me is that we are all living on on um, on the same planet on Mother Earth and we have to figure out together realistic uh, um, ways to, to salvage our resources uh, and, and, and uh, fight greed and personal profit, corporate profit as much as, as, as is possible.
0: Well, I hope uh, Anna, you'll come back on the show to talk about the novel when it's out. When Thank do you expect it to be published? Well,
1: um, I think we're probably safely talking about uh, two years from now, twenty twenty-five. I'm working on it now. We just put out this new book, just so fresh out of the oven, and um, we've got to give uh, uh, readers a chance to to read it and and digest <laughs> it uh, to make a to to bring out something totally different.
0: Well, can I call you an American treasure? Uh, I won't. I won't, uh, preface it with uh, Chicana or anything like that. You are an American treasure. Thank you. Uh, I That's want to thank honor. you on behalf of our viewers and readers and everyone at Lit Hub for the wonderful work you're doing. I know. Uh, thank uh, you. Enjoy San Francisco, and I'd love to have you back on in a couple of years. And congratulations on this thank, new wonderful thank collection. Thank you so much. Anya Greenwell leaves home. Thank you. Thank you.